It's Tom again for the Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes Ted Fatel of Sportsnet Michigan and WJSC radio representative the Baby Boomers. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the Millennial Man is Jared Fatel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. The show is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio and is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the Z92.5 Castle Mid-Michigan Studios. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and suggestions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. The fellows will get it rolling right after this. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. 85, 90, 95, 100. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Welcome to episode 125 of Three Point Podcast. Our great partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Sheridan Auction Service. I'm Ted the Old Dog, Jared's here in the studio with me, and Matt's on the phone in North Carolina, and we'll start this podcast off and see what's going on in high school sports at this current moment with Corona's Athletic Director, Jason Beldiga. Well, next up on the podcast, we have Jason Beldiga, the Athletic Director over at Corona High School here in Michigan, and, you know, we've had some people have reached out to us, wonder what's going to be happening with sports, and I know it's a fluid situation right now, but Jason, first of all, uh, welcome to the pod again, and can you update us on, uh, on on what's going on with practices, what's it look like in the fall, just some of your thoughts as an AD over there at Corona. Well, thanks for, for, for asking me to be on the pod today, uh, Ted. Right now, as you said, it's a very fluid situation in terms of fall athletics uh, here in the state of Michigan. 
what I can tell you right now is that every AD across the state and obviously every parent and uh, every uh, student athlete is waiting on bated breath to see what comes out of the MHSA next. Right now we are, we are following the governor's executive orders and we are um, limited to 100 players, 100 athletes to the site. We have to be practicing outdoors. Uh, and then every school is encouraged to take proper social distancing guidelines into effect. That Corona, you know, obviously not just being outside, but we are sanitizing everything. We pre-screen all of our kids. We take their temperature when they come in for a workout. Uh, our coaches are instructed that they are using disinfectant throughout the workout. Uh, any type of shared equipment like a ball or, or pad or cone and anything along those along those lines are clean throughout the workout. And then as far as moving forward, we're just really waiting at this point to see uh, when the state is going to open up that we can allow our athletes back into the gym, back into the weight room, in, indoor facilities, uh, and then take it really one step at a time. What is the gut feel uh, on, you know, I know it's hard to look into the crystal ball, but what are you thinking as far as being able to do those things like back to weight training, back indoors? Well, it's interesting you said, you, you ask. I had a, a nice campfire chat with your brother last night uh, <laughs> talking about this very topic, and this is a topic that we, we talk about quite often. Uh, the gut feeling is, is pretty much, from what I'm seeing, 50-50. I, I have some uh, athletic directors who are friends of mine who they don't see how we're going to be able to play play in the fall, and I have others that they don't see how we can't play in the fall. The ones that that are questioning why we wouldn't, um, I think sometimes the economics of athletics tends to drive their thought in some ways, uh, but at the same point, you know, there's we do have some. I have some colleagues that, you know, just from what we're seeing right now, I mean, the reality is right now we're almost to the dead period or what would normally be the dead period, and our athletes are, are still asked to be six feet apart, and that's just in their own community, let alone traveling and taking on uh, teams from other communities. And then also as an AD, uh, I suppose you got to look at each sport individually. You're still going to have to go by whatever, uh, you know, the state of Michigan edicts but and the MHSAA, but some sports are going to be, I think, easier to uh, – be safe, if you will, with this COVID than others. I mean, I, I, you know, we're big on football, as you know. You know, I, I can't even imagine how the different safety precautions you got to go through. I mean, are they going to have to wear masks, you know, underneath their helmets? I mean, any thoughts? Yeah, well, right now uh, with the workouts, if, if, if kids can't maintain socially, uh, social distancing, they have to put on a mask. Uh, we encourage our coaches to wear masks, especially when they're uh, screening kids in, you know, uh, going over the top in terms of safety protocols looking at different sports so you're you're exactly right i mean even to the point of when we were passing out all of our disinfecting and uh, sanitizing equipment you know some sports they don't need a whole lot or other sports i'm giving them gallons and gallons and gallons of bleach water and disinfectant so you know i think ultimately it's going to be a uh one for all decision from mhsa i don't see them coming in and saying this sport, this sport, and this sport are okay to play. These ones are not. You know, I don't, I don't see how they can do that. And then take that a step further. One of the questions I get a lot is, will there be fans? Well, I, I think you're asking schools to to take on a large financial burden uh, if we if we're not allowed to have fans. Right. You start talking about a varsity football game, you're talking 
you know, seven hundred dollars in official fees and hundreds of dollars worth of paint and supplies, you know, that go into putting an event like that on. So that gate, you know, really offsets that and, and makes it economical for schools. You know, it's definitely a weird situation we're in. I know Jared was pretty pessimistic last week and probably still is about the yeah. return of college football. Uh, you know, high school football, you're even, it seems to me, you even have more liability to worry about. And, you know, when I was asking about the mask, I wasn't just talking about in practice alone, but, you know, in games, if they ever get back to play and we don't have uh, a vaccine or don't have a cure for COVID, you know, what do you do? Because, I mean, football is a physical sport. You're going to get blood. You're going to get spit. You know, how do you prevent, uh, you know, transferring the COVID? That's that's a huge question. Well, you know, when you talk about the game of football, too, something to consider that I don't think a lot of people are taking into consideration is the age of our officials. I mean, the age yeah. of a white hat, I could be wrong on the exact age here, but I'm, I'm almost positive that the average age of a white hat in Michigan is well over 65. <laughs> Yeah, they're by, they're my biggest fans, by the way. <laughs> so, so yep. you know, that's something that the state's going to have to take into consideration. You know, with that said, I think MHSA has done a, a really nice job of providing guidelines to schools, what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. But it's a wait-and-see game at this point. Mm, yeah, no doubt. Jason, is there uh, – I'm curious, Jason, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I, as of right now, school is coming back in the fall, correct, in Michigan? It, it's not a guarantee. Uh, what the governor said is that she believes that schools will be able to. When she made the, the most recent press conference, everybody kind of ran with it. The, it's a guarantee we're coming back. But the way it looks, yes, she's going to be providing more uh, updates and guidelines on June 30th. And then the, the expectation is soon after schools across the state will hear from the MHSA. Is there, I guess, it's a fluid situation, and, and you've explained all that. As far as fall sports, is there kind of uh, like a penciled-in deadline for when you almost have to make the call, like, you know, where you're going to have to just say there's going to be no fall sports or we're moving on to the winter sports? Like, is there a deadline? Like, if it's not happening by August 20th, you know, or something like that? We have not heard anything from the state and from the, the school level. Obviously, we're going to wait, uh, you know, from any guidelines from them. We have not heard of a, of a steadfast date. In my opinion, I, I would have to believe that the MHSA is going to wait as long as possible if they were going to put an end to fall sports. can't see them making that decision any earlier than they have to. I think it would be prudent for them to wait and make it, you know, really as, as late as possible to make sure that they've used all their resources and, and – uh, that they've explored every possibility of playing. Have you heard anything? Is it possible that they could maybe move football or some of the other like bigger sports that happen in the fall to the spring? Have you heard anything along those lines? From what we've heard uh, through some ADs that are on committees at the MHSA, that is off the table. But they are not going to consider that. Oh, okay. Well, Jason, I know you got to get going here. I got one final question for you. Last night, and we're recording this on uh, Sunday the 28th, but last night, uh, Corona held a graduation ceremony. Uh, they switched it up a little bit at, for the last, I don't know, 20 years or so. It's been inside the gym, and it's returned back to, like when I graduated, it was outside at Nickanee Stadium last night. You made a few adjustments for the safety precautions. From what I understand, everything went very well. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, it was, it was a really nice ceremony. I mean, obviously, 
if anybody had their choice, they would have a traditional ceremony for these kids. Uh, certainly, they deserve it. This class was a class that's had to overcome a lot of obstacles their senior year. With that said, we uh, we pre-recorded all the speeches. Uh, so those online last night at 3 o'clock or yesterday at 3 o'clock. And then uh, basically what we did is we had groups of 20 graduates come in, and it was really not a nice atmosphere. One, it was a nice atmosphere, but two, the families were able to get up close. They, you know, they could sit in the stands and have a, a first-class seat to watch their grad walk across the stage. They were only there for 15, 20 minutes, uh, which, I mean, if you've ever been to a graduation, sometimes those can... That's right up my alley, baby. <laughs> so, you know, all we heard was compliments, and, you know, I know Paul Brieger, the assistant principal there, uh, he did a fantastic job of organizing everything. Kevin Rathbun, our building and ground supervisor, made sure the grounds were beautiful. And, um, you know, in, in spite of all the challenges and all the things that we'd rather do uh, for our graduates, it was, it was really well done. Well, outstanding. We're glad you made it through it. It's, you know, class of 2020 is the COVID Cavaliers, right? <laughs> yeah, they've had, I mean, like looking back at this is a group that they lost their homecoming parade because it was raining on homecoming. Oh, jeez. You know, we, we played the homecoming game at 5 o'clock. Right. <laughs> that day, they haven't had a senior walk. They didn't, you know, have prom. So they've, they've certainly, they're certainly an example of, for future classes of not taking anything for granted and enjoying every moment. No doubt about it. Well, I know you got things to do here on this Sunday. We appreciate you taking out a few minutes to uh, get us up to date on uh, sports in Michigan and in Corona, and uh, we'll check in with you periodically, Jason. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thanks for man. all that you do. Jason Beldiga, the athletic director at Corona. Well, great stuff there from Jason, and uh, you know, it, it just is a—it's a weird situation out there. I tweeted earlier today uh, a free press article by Son of Swami, Mick McCabe, and I—it was a good article, but I disagree with some of the things that he said. He—he he thinks we have to have high school sports in the fall. He said uh, Ohio has already announced they're gonna have high school sports, and one of the angles that he took was. Hey, if Michigan doesn't uh, have sports, uh, you know, kids are going to transfer to Ohio. You guys got thoughts on that? I think they might. If if Ohio does like keep their sports open and Michigan does close theirs, like I don't, I feel like that would be definitely be tempting for the players who, you know, maybe are on a Star brink of getting brink yeah. of getting a, a scholarship or just anyone who I, who like really likes football. Right. I mean, it'd, it'd be kind of interesting to see like the the flood of like talent to Ohio and stuff like that. But no, I think that definitely could happen. Well, you talk about the border war in Michigan, Ohio. Yeah. Holy cow. We can't get in, we can't get Michigan yeah. recruits as it is. Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty bad. I'd be curious though, just, you know, I don't know, trying to think logically about it like the logistics. Is it, you know, you are a student athlete, so are you too close to the school year to, you know, go through the proper paperwork and stuff to transfer? That'd be all, all that I wonder. Yeah. You know what, we're we're almost to July already, so like yeah, if Michigan canceled late july is that enough time for you to transfer to a new high school that's all i would wonder but right a superstar basketball player or you know obviously football if they're saying their season's going to be out i mean i could definitely see it happening right well you know we definitely want to mix in some more of our thoughts on uh, on the covid19 i mean my god it's in such flux and changes from week to week and and we'll talk more about that in a little bit along with some other 
sports news, but I want to tell you about the CoronaConnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. Corona Connection salutes the class of 2020, which, as I mentioned, had their graduation ceremonies at Nick and East Stadium last night. And Nelson House Funeral Home, their number one goal is to serve families in our community. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them the most. Since 1880, continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop, I can personally tell you they are the absolute best in the business. For more details, see them on the web at nelson-house.com. Well, fellas, uh, you know, we were glad to get Jason on here at the early portion. Normally we catch up on, on what our life's been like. And, Jared, uh, you're just a little bit ragged or rough today. You feeling all right? I'm not feeling great, but as soon as the lights are on, you know, we're in the studio, it, it goes away. you got to turn it on. That's right. I was out a little late last night, but we're here early in the morning recording, so uh, I'm ready to do it. You know, it's kind of, I know I say this a lot, but it's like Jordan's flu game is pretty much what it's like. So I, I've got to ask, uh, last weekend was rough because of uh, the money you lost. Was, was last night another rough cornhole $200 red type of night for you? No, last night was a – and you, everyone's had these mornings before where they just go, I'm never drinking again for the rest of my life. <laughs> well, that's I, pretty I much – tell you all about that. That's pretty much how I would describe last night. I don't it, – it's just one of those – I don't – I just don't understand. How – who drank – like the first time there was alcohol out there, <laughs> who like drank it and then had a hangover the next day and said like, oh, this is okay, like let's keep doing this, like – it's clearly our body's trying to tell us something. Like, this should not be going in your body. It's basically poison, but yet we still do it. I don't understand it. I guess maybe, you know, it, you have some fun with it. You probably had a blast last night, right? <laughs> yeah, I had a good time. I that's right. I just, it's it's the, it's like, it's the, I don't, what, what is it when it's like two things weighing? What's that, uh, like, it's like a, like. Pros and cons. I, yeah, yin, pros and, yin and yang. <laughs> no, but you know, like, it's a little easel or whatever that weighs back and forth. That's what I'm, and it's so tipped far the other way where I just wish I wouldn't have even gone. But we always like to delve into your life. I I really enjoy it probably more than Matt because I'm, you know, I can only look back and say, yeah, I remember when. But but, uh, about what time does the Saturday night activity start for a young fellow like yourself? Uh, I mean, for me personally, usually it's like nine nine thirty. I think maybe the reason that, I'm feeling about the same then. What the reason I'm feeling a little poorly today, I think, is because I mean, we started around like seven, yeah, mm-hmm. yesterday. So I think that's the problem. Few extra in there, but I don't know. I I mean, the thing that I, it just seems like everything. It, it seems like that's going to be shut down here for pretty much like maybe this weekend or maybe next weekend will be like the last time I think the bars are going to be open in Michigan for, you know, probably another month or two, it seems like. I mean, when you look at bars, like, like if people haven't seen, like, Har- or what was it, Harper's, which it's no surprise that that place, of all places, is the one that just has an outbreak like that. Uh, has, like, what, 60 cases from uh, one night there. now 85. They have 85 cases from one night there. Like, Directly I, it's, related to Harper's. It's just I don't understand how you can keep places open when things like that are happening. Well, you know, it's funny. I was going to talk about that, obviously, because you can see in my notes, and we're talking about Harper's in East Lansing, a popular nightclub over there, where 85 patrons they've already traced that have COVID is traced to their uh, hanging out at the bar. This week, last week I wasn't feeling too bad. This week I'm thinking, what is going on? How can they be packing these people in, not wearing masks? And I've noticed more, again, I'm going on the, on the soapbox about this whole mask thing. I just don't get 
why people have such a problem wearing a mask. Now, I, I can see in your age group, okay, it, it's tough. It's, you know, you don't want to do it, but it would protect somebody like me, you know, and just going into stores. I see so many people and they're rednecks and they're just saying, I can do what I want. This is, this is America. I can do whatever I want. Now you're stereotyping. I am a little bit. You're right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's hard not to stereotype sometimes. And, it, you know, we, we say a lot of times on this podcast, we try to stay away from politics. But that's what's kind of sad. And we've mentioned this before regarding the mask issue is that people have made it political. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess if you if you don't agree with the science behind it, uh Personally, I, I think that's stupid because the medical experts are just trying to, you know, give you information that they've and they know to be true with masks. But, you know, I guess if that's your stance, OK. But if you're doing it for political reasons, that's where the you mentioned the redneck thing. That's where, like, it seems to be the one side of the aisle as far as politics goes seems to be the ones that are saying, like, this is taking away my freedoms. I'm an American. I can make a choice that I want. I don't want to wear a mask. You know, those kinds of things. And the argument that I know you guys have heard, everyone has heard, and that, but it's just so true, is, like, when you go into a store, you have to wear pants, you have to wear shoes, you have to wear a shirt, and, you know, no one seems to really have a beef with that. So, like, yeah. what is it about the mask? That's what, just, well. I don't, I don't get it. I liked how uh, Golf Galaxy does it, and when I was in uh, Troy yesterday, uh, actually, I'm not going to admit how much I spent on golf clubs yesterday, um, it but won't help you. it won't help. <laughs> it probably won't. You can't buy a better golf game, just like you can't buy love. That's, that's what I've always said. I'm kind of a hypocrite now, but the way they do it is when you walk in that door, they have hand, the guy with hand sanitizer, and they have a big old thing of mask. Like, why? And they require you to wear a mask in the place. Like, why isn't Meyer like that? Every, why isn't every... It it, stop blaming the people. It, it, people are going to not wear a mask if it's a choice. Like, people aren't the smartest. People aren't the brightest. So, how about we just put it on the stores, put it on them, require them to wear a mask, and it spend, you know, what, $20 a day buying... 500 masks or whatever and just hand them out to people who don't have them as they walk in and put hand sanitizer on people as they walk through the door it wouldn't be hard at all well flipping the coin on that though the problem is even then there's people that refuse and then if you re- have, are required yeah but well then you get kicked confronta- out all right you're gonna have a confrontation so you're you're talking about all these retail stores which are already struggling majorly now they got to hire some big old bouncer at the door to make sure that somebody adheres to it right I mean, some some seventy year old greeter at Walmart is not gonna get in a physical confrontation with somebody that refuses to wear a mask. That's the scary part to me. Right, because we've all seen those videos already. Oh, yeah. Those videos that have been out basically ever since this thing came around of the people at the door, businesses trying to do what you're saying, Jared, trying to enforce. No, if you're coming to shop here, you're wearing a mask. This is our store policy, and people saying like it, these things, like it's against my right, or they try and pull up like they throw out like HIPAA. And they throw out, like, I don't have to be because I have these certain conditions I have a lung or condition, whatever. Yeah. And stores have said, like, they, you know, there are there are rules that, you know, that, that is somewhat valid. But so stores are then, you know, supposed to, like, offer you different kinds of shopping. Like, we'll go in and get you your groceries or your golf clubs or, you know, whatever it is. And then people still go crazy and this is my right and I should be able to do what I want. And then so I just always go back to, like, okay, I'm just going to walk, walk in butt-ass naked into the store. <laughs> going to be offended if I'm walking around naked like you know like I, why are people so mad about the mask it's like simple like especially when people say like you know the mask isn't protecting or they throw out certain things like it 
how do you know that it's protecting me or protecting you or whatever? And it's like doctors and surgeons have been wearing masks <laughs> right. under hundreds of years. How are you going to sit here and say that, like, it does nothing? You know, like, why, why do surgeons and doctors wear masks then, you know? And at the very least, at the very least, it can't hurt. You know, what's it going to hurt? You know, and I, I agree with what Jared said, though. I 100% agree that it should be mandatory. You should, if you go in a store, a grocery store, or any other store, it should be mandatory that you do the hand sanitizer thing at the beginning and you wear a mask. It's that simple. You go in, you go out. You know, I mean, it, I, I just don't understand it. it. It's really an irritant to me for sure. And it's, it's, it's really to me. It comes down to it's just straight up 100% selfish. Yeah. And it's it's you know again everyone has their beliefs with whether it's on the coronavirus or some of the medical information and stuff like that that's fine obviously everyone has different beliefs but like right now clearly if you see all the statistics every other country that took this seriously and started wearing masks their numbers are down some countries have basically beat it and you know or, or basically have beat it whereas we're we're just continuing to grow we're just going up and up and then you've got people saying like the numbers are fake they're lying about the numbers you know, this is all inflated. You've got Trump saying the only reason that our numbers are high is because we have the best testing in the world. And it's like, well, that just doesn't make any sense. That's not really a good thing. So it's just like, why, why can't we do our part? People say they want football in the fall. We just talked to Jason Beldiga, you know, about sports coming back. You want sports to come back? Maybe do your part and wear some masks. So. Oh, 100%. You know, and I, 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 again, don't want to go on a real rant, but, I mean, you, they talk about fake news and fake numbers and all this. Think about this. Europe... How much money do they make on U.S. tourism? And now they have banned U.S. citizens from visiting Europe right now because of our numbers have went back up. And our, it seems like they're uncontrolled. I mean, that's not a fake number, is it? It's not fake that, that all of a sudden we're banned from going to Europe. <laughs> all right. I mean, that's unbelievable. Now, again, keeping it on mass, we re- and we will talk some sports, fellas. Uh, hmm. Michigan State just made it mandatory that all people on campus have to wear masks. You know, they're hoping to get back to classes in the fall. They've already started some practices and whatnot. But it, it's you got to wear a mask on the campus of Michigan State or you're going to get fined. And, and we probably have to be that severe, I think, for people to pay attention and, uh, you know, and do it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. At North Carolina, uh, because like down here, the Carolinas, at the beginning of this thing, their numbers never really spiked. But then the last month or so, they, they did rise quite a bit because people were then starting to, like, go out and do stuff and, you know, whatever. And actually, like, a lot of people from the north were coming down south to go to, like, vacation areas or whatever. So right. almost like bring, bringing the virus down here or whatever. But so North Carolina did finally, the, the governor, who happens to be Democrat, so that's a, like, whole other side, but um, <laughs> did make masks, he made masks mandatory. And, but he did say, you know, it's mandatory, but it is, you know, uh, up to the business to enforce it. And as far as what I've seen, and we went to the beach yesterday, at, you know, we had to stop at a gas station a couple times or whatever. Uh, from what I saw, businesses were doing what we just talked about. They were saying, like what Jared said, hand sanitizer at the front, wear a mask. And I actually saw some people get turned away because they didn't have a mask on. So it's like, hopefully, I mean, Michigan, I know Whitmer was pretty strict on things for a while so like you said jared maybe stuff's gonna shut back down for a little bit who knows well yeah because it it did get loosened up and i think i think people took advantage of it and uh i'm not gonna lie to you i'm a little bit jared you said you went out last week and 
the bar you went to was pretty well packed last week. It wasn't quite yeah. so bad last night, right? No. But if, when you told me that, I thought, geez, oh, Pete, you know, I'm, I'm in that age group that has to worry. I'm not overly sensitive, but I th- actually thought about it. You're coming in here in the studio. Who knows? You could have picked it up from somebody, right? Uh, yeah, I could have. Hey, um, if you if you want me out of the uh, studio, believe me, I got a nap <laughs> waiting for me at home. But uh, but if you want me to stay, I'll keep doing. No, I think we're good. I'll suck it up. Stay here. <laughs> got my temperature. Temperature's good. Everyone's temperature was good as yeah, we, we came should. in here. But uh, this th- it's gonna get shut. It, it reminds me of like that last weekend before everything shut down back in March. Like remember where it was like yeah in East Lansing it was basically like spring break like 2020 like it was yeah it was unreal like the most packed that place has ever been in my life and that's what it reminded me of is it's sort of the same thing where people are kind of saying like oh like enjoy it while we can and then they know that the the hammer i think is coming again i think so too and i'm I'm afraid but go ahead matt i was just gonna say kind of like to that point when jared was telling that story just made me think about um i know we talked about it before I, i do the paul feinbaum show a lot for the sec network and it just reminded me of this this kid. He goes to LSU, and he's kind of like a regular caller to the show. He calls in once or twice a week or whatever. Um, and at the beginning of this, he, like, so, you know, two or three months ago, he called into Paul, and he kind of had that mindset. Him and his buddies in Baton Rouge, you know, and at LSU, he, he even called and said, like, this is all fake. This is stupid. They're shutting everything down. We're going to go out and party. We're going to go crazy. We're living it up, you know, whatever. He called in last week, and, like, eight of his buddies have it. And he had to go get tested. Um, he said it was like a struggle to go get tested and just not like a good situation trying to get tested. And so he was like pretty worried that he had it because he hadn't been feeling great. And he was like, Paul asked him, he said, so a couple months ago, you were calling this all fake and everything. He said, like, you know, has your tune changed? And he said, yeah. He was like, I can honestly tell you we made a mistake. You know, we weren't taking this seriously. And now uh, eight, what I think he said, six or eight of his buddies have it. So. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what is the, what is the mindset mindset with your your peer group, Jared? Just I'm just curious. Is it kind of like eh, it's no big deal, or what, what, what? You guys talk about it at all? Yeah, we talk about it. Like, I, there's some of my friends who basically like their parents have said like, hey, if you you can't you can't be going out. Like, if you go out, then you're not allowed to. Like you're not allowed to come back here. And you're stay. not allowed back on the free yeah. gravy train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, it, it, I think it just varies household to household. I feel like kind of like with everybody, it seemed like uh, you know a week or two ago, like every everyone. I feel like everyone kind of let their guard down a little bit. It's it kind of like. feeling more optimistic, yeah. weren't we? Re- yeah, and and so, and I think since then it's changed, or it's, I think it's going back the other way. But I feel like it, and now like just among my friend group, like it's definitely something we talk about a lot. It's something that if you bring it up, people are kind of like, they're sick of talking about it. Like, right. dude, just come on, like, give us one night, like, without, you know, hearing about COVID or whatever. So it's one of those things. But, no, it's just, it, I it, just like everybody else, I feel like it's, you know, we're not idiots. The young kids aren't complete idiots, even though what you see on Twitter and uh, all the other social media feeds. But, no, it, it's just, it's going back the other way, and I think it's going to, like I said, it's it's only a matter of time before we are kind of back under the same sort of quarantine, I think, yeah. which I think is probably the right thing to do. I, it's just, it's crazy when you think that 85 people can contract it in one night like I that. Know. And nice. I know that probably, some, you know, a lot of them are probably asymptomatic or whatever, but still, the yeah. fact that they have it, and like I said, you, they give it to people who it really could affect. And Yeah, and it affects them in a big way. I mean, it's a, it's a deadly disease to some people without a doubt, and I think that's the number one thing that is the biggest concern the number two thing which 
is right up there. And this will be my last thought on this uh, this topic and segment is what is happening to our economy. If we go through another another relapse and you know the, the curve goes way up again, which right now it's it's going skyward, what the hell is going to happen to this country? I mean, heck, heck Jared, you're a you're just a college graduate. Yeah. You know, you're going to be starting your career, whether you start your own business and become an entrepreneur or go work for somebody. Think of all the, the all the young people your age trying to get a job nowadays, just graduating from college, and with the economy and the financial mess that we're in because of COVID and because we can't seem to get it under control. That's a scary thought. Yeah. Oh, it, it reminds me of I graduated in 2008, right before uh, recession time took a tank. So, but yeah, that's interesting to think about because I've seen. I mean, I know you guys have probably seen two of. There's quite a few businesses, like long-standing businesses, filing for bankruptcy, which isn't necessarily like a um, death sentence. You know, some businesses do that to kind of protect themselves. But like, what did I see in, in Owasso? The J.C. Penney is closing, yeah. and like I, I saw some other stuff, and it's just like. Some of these like staple stores, restaurants, or businesses are definitely the you know like family businesses or really small businesses. Yeah, if, if things get shut down again, uh, it, it it might be uh, bad news for the economy. Oh yeah, and I, you know it's it's no surprise that brick and mortar stores are have been dwindling anyway because of the online shopping, Amazon and whatnot. But you brought up JCPenney. I mean, that's, that's just sad. You know, they've been in business here on Washington street in downtown Owasso since 1918, 102 what? years in 1918, they opened their doors in Owasso and think about the, the ir- irony with that. Cause that was the last epidemic we had, right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, so that's sad to see for everybody that, that works there. They closed a bunch of other stores, too, but uh, I don't know. I, every week I start feeling better for a little while, and then I see the news, and it's just, it's just a terrible situation. Well, we'll get into some sports, I promise. Right after this, just want to tell you about Advanced Elevator Company. They feature top expert field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators, an area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. They salute the Cavaliers class of 2020. Hey, go online at SheridanAuctionService.com for info on their upcoming auctions. The auction house is packed with all kinds of great items. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Sign up for their email notifications. And congratulations to Troy Crow, who has been voted the area's best auctioneer by Argus Press voters. And this next one, Jared, uh, hopefully you can stick with me while I read this. Rivals Tap House and Grill. You started out there yesterday. Didn't yeah, you? I had a great time at Rivals last night. Yeah. Well, they're our official sports bar here at Three Point Podcast. Open for dine-in service again. Offer a full menu. Specialize in pub sandwiches. They adhere to the latest COVID-19 standards. They had, a, they had the tables all spread apart. Yep. Nope, or so, yep. right? They have sanitizing stations. QR code for the menus and disposable ones. Thursday night, that's bike night, and it's back. Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. All right, guys, in sports, we'll get into a little bit here. First of all, I wanted to talk about, and you know, not none of us are really hockey experts, but the NHL draft, it's just completely whack. I mean, I just was reading this morning that, well, we already know, you probably maybe saw it on Twitter yesterday, the Red Wings ended up with the number four choice yeah. in the draft. I mean, they're by far the worst team record-wise. And, you know, okay, if you're going to have a lottery, that's one thing. But I don't I have no idea where they came up with this. But they're going to have – they're going to come back to play, apparently, and they're going to have a 2014 playoff. 
16 of those teams will play a best of five, and the losers of those games, they'll each have a 12.5% chance to get the number one pick. Now, again, I know we're not experts in hockey, and who in the hell came up with this plan? But I never heard anything so ridiculous. It is hard to follow. I like so basically there's gonna be everyone's gonna have like equal shot at the number one pick, like between eight about teams, eight teams. Eight yeah. Teams that lose their first round playoff series, yeah. Now why would they get the number one unless I, I didn't watch Well, I guess how are you supposed to if they're with this twenty four team twenty four team playoff format, correct? Right. How are you really supposed to you know, have, like, wins and losses, like, really when it's just a playoff series. Like, I guess I don't really know how else you're supposed to do it. Yeah, if I'm, like, trying to follow along, because, yeah, I read up a little bit on it, um, but hearing you explain it, so let's just call that team that ended up with a number one pick, Team X, you know, they were probably just, like, dropped into the lottery. And yes. they could have, that, that team who's going to lose, they could have ended up with, whatever, the eighth pick or the fifth. But they just happened to get the number one pick, so almost by, like, luck. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't built for a playoff team to get the number one pick. They just happened to win the lottery. So, right. like you said, Ted, like, you're going to have a lottery. Sometimes that thing happens. Right. It's still yeah. really weird. It's still really weird. What do you guys think about the lottery in general? We know the NBA has been doing it for years. I know. Well, don't you – you've always been, like, you hate tanking. You loved that the Tigers were, like – they remember a couple years ago you were loving how they were playing hard, even though they are like, the worst team in the league. Like – which one? Which one do you want? Do you want the? Because there's there you can't have both. Either the draft's gonna be flawed, and you're gonna have it these years where like the Red Wings get kind of screwed or the Tigers get screwed, or you're gonna have just tanking every single year. You're gonna have tanking. Yeah, you're asking me at this moment. I have the opportunity to flip flop periodically here on this <laughs> podcast, but I think I think you're better off if you're a lousy team. You know, it's okay to play hard, but if you're a lousy team and it's coming down to the end of the season and, you know, you're looking at a number one draft choice, how else are you supposed to build a team? I think the the lottery is, yeah, it was put in place to prevent teams from tanking, but I think it's backfired on them a little bit. If you're a real crappy team like the Tigers or the Red Wings and you're truly crappy, shouldn't you get the number one choice so you can rebuild? I feel like teams like... The Pistons, like we talk about, how like we're never really going to be able to lure free agents. Like we, we honestly need like when we are the worst team, like for a few years there, like are right up there in the like bottom five. Like we definitely could have capitalized with having a lot better of a draft pick, and we just didn't get it. Like we've always had the bad bounces. It seems like with yeah. that sort of thing, right? Yeah, I, that's kind of where I stand with the lottery. I, like I, I get why they did it so to avoid tanking, but really, like it's tanking has been going on. For so long like does it really bother you that much like if you really think about it you, some people get like offended i hate to think about a team going out there and tanking but it's kind of like yeah how is the team supposed to rebuild if they're clearly the worst team in the league and they might end up with the eighth draft pick you know how are they supposed to legitimately rebuild yeah and i know you know nba and nhl may be a little different than the nfl but the nfl they don't have to have a lottery if you're the shittiest team in the league you're getting the number one choice yeah it's that simple I feel like it's a lot harder to tank in football, though. Sometimes. Right, yeah. that's, that's how you have a little bit of parity. You can't can't constantly be in the cellar and expect fans to come to your games. Which is, it's kind of surprising because, like, a basketball, like, one player can, and this could happen in football with, like, a quarterback, I guess, but one player can, like, a Zion Williamson or something or a LeBron can just completely, pretty much turn you from the worst team in the league to, like, the best team in the league. Like, so that's why I just... I feel like it. There shouldn't necessarily. I like the lottery. Like it's it's always entertaining. I feel like to kind of watch on like a Tuesday night, whenever it is, every year. 
But I do wish that it was – I feel like if there was any sport that probably should just be straight up, like where it's the worst team gets the first pick, like I feel like it should be basketball. Yeah. Yeah, because, right, LeBron is a perfect example. You know, like when the Cavs won that lottery, that's like legit. You won the LeBron lottery. I mean, that completely like changed that franchise, yeah. you know, for that the last 20 years or whatever. And Yeah, so it's kind of like in football, you know, like next year – uh, Trevor Lawrence will be coming out. So, like you said, Jared, a quarterback, there's probably going to be two or three teams by game four or five. They know they're bad. They're going to start tanking for Trevor because try and get that number one pick to get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, that's how you can, like, change your franchise potentially. So, yeah, you're not going to tank for a whole season, and then you end up with the fifth pick, and it's kind of like, well, we just wasted a whole season. Well, all I know is the NHL, they are definitely – they just don't know what they're doing. I think. I mean, it, you know, it's a fun sport. I love watching the Red Wings when they're in playoff contention and possibly playing for a Stanley Cup. I am kind of a front runner when it comes to yeah. being a Red Wing fan. But, but man, some of the stuff they come up with is is just completely bizarre. Now, again, in sports, guys, you know, uh, we talked a lot about COVID and whatnot, but uh, there is a couple of good sports out there that at least you can watch live and you really don't miss a beat. And I think the number one sport we have right now, is, it's obviously golf, PGA yeah. golf. I mean, it doesn't affect us at all. There's no fans there, big deal. I'm like I'm loving it. Like Bryson DeChambeau has kind of been like the breakout star of like the right. PGA, which just to like kind of get nerdy for a second in golf. Like his driver, he hits a five degree driver, which is like I hit like a twelve degree, and just the amount of loft that you need. He's basically hitting like just like a, almost it's basically almost a putter, like a yeah, was flat side putt with that yeah. thing. And he's but he's still hitting it like as high like the like ball flight on it is still as high as like all the other PGA players, and he's just crushing it. Like, I know kind of jokingly he had a ball that rolled along the cart path that that went like 430 yards. But it's kind of funny. Like, of course he did that. So he's kind of been like the big story, I feel like, from the PGA, like, so far this season. But it is nice to watch. Like, we talked about the match. Like, it was the most watched thing. Like, the PGA, and like we said, golf is kind of exploding right now, I feel like. I honestly feel like it is. Yeah, it's almost like when, when Tiger was in his peak and, you know, everyone was watching Tiger and golf and then he was like making a lot of people, you know, that was like when I was a kid getting into golf. And like we talked about last week with the the quarantine golf was open. So people have gotten back out on the golf course, dusted those clubs off or whatever. The one thing, you know, it's getting a little like, I mean, we, we, I threw out the word selfish before, but maybe a little selfish. I I do miss, you can watch golf. And yes, like you guys said, you can enjoy it. You know, you watch those drives, you can watch Phil hit bombs and you know, all that stuff. It's still great. But man, like, Think about some of those Tiger matches when he, like, sunk a putt or chipped in and stuff, and the, the gallery just went insane. Yeah. yeah. You do kind of miss those moments a little <laughs> bit. And I, I do wonder about, you know, the players. We've talked about that before. Like, players, whether on the field, the course, or, you know, whatever, not getting those reactions from fans. I wonder if it's kind of affecting them, I don't know, positively or negatively. You know, that that's one thing I, I do wonder well, yeah, you, you bring up a good point. I mean, there is something to be said about that. And, you know, and the NBA apparently is coming back. You know, last week we were, it was up in the air. I think they're getting a lot closer to really making it official. They're coming back. And it is going to be strange watching an NBA game at one facility with no fans virtually there. That That's going to be different. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I know they, they've talked about pumping in, you know, some fake crowd noise or whatever. But, yeah, for the players, I mean, think about it. I don't, I don't know. Just the same thing. LeBron – throws down a ridiculous dunk or whatever and it's just silent <laughs> yeah i mean how awesome would it be and we've talked about it before like if uh, and not to take it away from espn but if it was 
if the NBA made a deal also with HBO where they could have completely miked with the players yeah. on the court, how awesome would that be to hear hear all that? I mean, it would talking. be. It, we know we, we talked about it. it's never going to happen, but it would be awesome. That's why I don't I don't like the idea of the fake crowd noise, the fake this, the fake. We all know that it's not that it's not going to be the same thing. We know that. So we might as well like enjoy the things about it that we can't like the, some of the quietness, like you hear the coaches or whatever, or mm-hmm. some of the players talking. Like I would rather hear that than fake crowd noise. Right. Even if it is a little bit quiet sometimes. Even if it does, like it's just the announcers talking and it, and it is a little bit like awkward, a little bit. I don't know. That's just the way I look at it. I don't want it to be fake stuff. I, I have enough of that. Like when I play video games, I don't need it when I'm <laughs> when I'm watching real sports. <laughs> I'd like to hear some of your mic'd up trash talking on your video games. Yeah. That that'd be worth doing. But one last thing on on the golf, the, golf. It, it, the thing without spectators, I feel like you don't notice it that much now because the it's like it hasn't been like there hasn't been a Masters yet. There hasn't been right. a U.S. Open. When when there's a when there's gonna be a major where it's just packed and like there are those huge like Tiger or like big time people. Like right now, no one really cares who wins. You know, you get the highlights. You you watch it for a little bit. It's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But when it's a Master, like a huge putt, like on 17 or something, and uh, like Tiger surge, that's when it's gonna be weird. So that's why I'll, I'll wait and see. Like hopefully maybe by fall we could have some sort of limited spectatorship like at the Masters, but we'll see. Yeah, I think yeah. I- think you're spot on with that because yeah these tournaments right now we're just kind of happy to have sports to an extent yeah. we're just like yeah finally some live sports but I, i'm trying to think about some like golf yeah you can get by a little bit uh without fans you know nascar you know if you watch nascar you can clearly watch a race and you know enjoy it without fans right just because i have watched it my whole life and it's nba is like my favorite sport or even thinking of like college basketball no fans i don't know if i don't know if i would like ever get used to that Watching a basketball game with no fans, I mean, obviously, I, if I can watch the NBA, I will be happy to be able to watch the NBA, but that's just a sport. Football, maybe, too, but there's some sports that I don't know if I could ever get used to, no fans being there. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be strange, but I, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, we, we need a relief. Things just don't look very good out there right now. We need We need a little distraction from our covid lives you know uh, speaking of basketball, well, you know go ahead sorry not not to cut you off ted but you know maybe like to that point we need a distraction for sure i think some people need to stop watching the freaking news and <laughs> reading their stupid their stupid facebook feeds and all the dumb stuff that people are sharing so we need the distraction but maybe actually if you're saying no fans at this, the sporting events and if bars are going to close down maybe some sports would force people to stay home a little bit so maybe yeah. like Sports coming back, there would be like uh, like a trickle down effect that would actually really help a lot of stuff. Well, that's for sure. You know, and, and obviously looking down the road, you know, the next couple of years in society in general, and being a sports fan, things things are going to be a lot different, without a doubt. You know, and we'll see what happens. By the way, speaking of basketball, I just want to say a shout out to you know I like this guy Tom Izzo. He was named the Big Ten Basketball Coach of the Decade. Uh, by the Big Ten Network. They went tw- 264-95 between 2010 and 2020. That's not a bad record. They are... It's it, it pisses me off to say, but they are like the, when you're winning like 25 games pretty much at every single year, like without a doubt, like that's impressive. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Very impressive. Well, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. Like, obviously, we're... Ted, you're right. You're, you're our resident Michigan State basketball fan, but, you know, we do lean a little more blue on this podcast, but if you're if you weren't going to vote, you know people were trying to make uh, arguments for Beeline for Matt Painter, 
Bo Ryan, some other guys like that, coaches in the Big Ten. And, uh, like, okay, you can maybe start to throw out some arguments, but there is, there's no way you're not going to choose Tom Izzo as the coach. I mean, maybe uh, maybe not, like, Coach K, maybe Roy Williams, but not just the Big Ten, maybe in the country of the decade. Right. And you, you, put, you can put his resume up with anyone, whether you like Michigan State basketball or not. And, I mean, he's – He's top two coach in the country, probably. Well, in the de- in that decade, he won four regular season Big Ten championships and four Big Ten conference tournaments. That's <laughs> that's pretty solid, right there. Yeah. So, and he, what made made four four Final Fours? Yeah, yeah. So right. I mean, how do you how do you argue against that? Absolutely. All right. Uh, anything else we want to get into, fellas, or you want to call it a a podcast? Do you have well, any? I, I, the last thing, maybe yeah. maybe if you don't want to throw out a number, Jared, but. Have you used the new club yet? Or, like, are these going to fix the game? Did you get a new putter? So here's what I'll say about that. <laughs> Let me say this. First thing, getting fitted for clubs, you feel like a king. Yeah. Like, you have every single club, every single shaft, every single – like, it's all right there for you. And the guy is just watching you watching you swing, and he's basically just fine-tuning these clubs, like, to exactly fit your specifications. So, like, for my shots, I've always had a slight draw. Like, not like – it's not slice, but just a slight little tail on the end of them. And he's basically saying how – like the fact he was, he could not believe that I was still hitting the clubs that I was hitting. Like he was basically saying that I should have been out of those clubs like probably five or six years ago. Uh, and so he he upgraded me to like stiff shafts and their blades, which is like for those like who don't really know necessarily, that's like pretty much what the pros hit is is the blade type irons. They're a lot less forgiving. Like if you miss hit it on the club, like it's it, you're really gonna shank it and. But if you hit it good. Um, but if you hit it, it's pure. Yeah. And it, exactly. And it's going to go, like, I hit these like these clubs. I was hitting, I was hitting them 30 per, for each club. I was hitting it about 30, 35 yards further than I do, like, with my current clubs. And just a lot straighter, too. Because what he did is he added a, a degree. I don't know how the science works, but he did something where he added a degree of loft or took away a degree of loft, and it made it so it took away that draw. And it was just it just turned him just to straight razors, like razor shots, not going to lie. But – I ended up spending a lot. I'm just going to say uh, right around 1000 bucks is right what it ended up being. But the guessed. way I looked at it, it was because I was hitting these clubs that were a little bit more like out of my price range. Like I wanted to spend around 600 800 bucks, But I was hitting these ones so much better than like the rest of them where if I would have gotten clubs that weren't that, I would have just been looking back like, oh, what if I had gotten those? Like, you know, I was really hitting those. Like they were way better. And, and it's my plan to keep them for a long time. But like I said, it still doesn't feel good to drop a grand on basically a few sticks and a couple pieces of metal. Well, you know, we're adding on sponsors of what brand did you buy? Uh, TaylorMade. TaylorMade. That's what I always, that's just what I always played. I got a, I got TaylorMades in my bag. Nice. I mean, and like you said, in theory, I mean, yeah, obviously if something breaks, that's one thing. But you're going to use those clubs for a long time. So yeah. it sounds like you're kind of picking the sport back up. So that, that's a, I mean, yeah, dropping a grand on clubs does you know, sometimes like hit the gut a little bit, but no, that's a good investment. So but you hit them. I know that the number one thing, if you're just going to be a dude who plays like two or three times a month, you know, go out there and just hack it around on a weekend, you know, maybe it doesn't matter as much, but getting fitted for clubs, if you're going to try to actually be like yeah. a solid golfer, obviously if you're going to try and be like a good golfer, getting fitted for your clubs 100% is like the first step you should take. Because if you just like run into dicks and yeah. buy a set of clubs to go out there and try and play, they're probably not. They're going to be like completely wrong. Kind of like what you said. The dude told you you should have been out of those old clubs five or six years ago. Yeah, he was basically saying how the dumbest thing somebody can do is basically what you just said it because it's like spinning a roulette wheel. 
Like, you have no idea how you're going to hit those clubs. And it's honestly, it's burned me. I've went to, like, you know, uh, right around five, six years ago when I was in high school, big time into golf, I went and bought some irons for, like, $250 for, like, the uh, mid-Michigan golf show and just hit them absolutely terrible. For after like, And it was one of those things you kept trying them, kept trying them, kept trying them, and then finally I'm just going back to my old clubs. And so you get burned. And that's why I was like, I'm not doing that again. That was dumb of me. And I'm just going to go get it fit. I'm going to do it the right way. So Did you get the guy's card? I did, actually. Do I you might, want to see it? I might. Well, I might. Here's here's a funny thought. There it is, right there. Let me see it. Give did a, a great job. Give a shout-out to Dave down there at Golf Galaxy. <laughs> uh, it, it, it'd be funny. Let's say a guy like me that hasn't golfed in a while and pretty crappy golfer. I mean, I, when I was younger, I wasn't too bad. But mm-hmm. then as I got older, like I told you last week, the stiffness sets in. Uh, you know, I could show up there and talk to Dave and, you know, and say, hey, Dave, I'm 63 years old, almost 64, you know, and I golf like Herman Munster. Um, can you help me out? Yeah. I bet he could. Right? Yeah. And, and it's kind of funny. That was one of the things I was joking about with one of my friends. He's absolutely terrible. Like, he shot 140. <laughs> That's how bad he is. And I was just I saying how I would – I would, because how they do at the golf fitting is if you pay, uh, like, I think it was like I, I had to pay like $75, but if you buy a set of clubs, it's it's waived. So I said, I would pay for you to go get fitted. Just it, make sure I get a bag of popcorn and I'm there, like, uh, sitting watching. Like, you're that, like, I just would love to see some guy trying to fit you for clubs when you're just shanking every single shot. <laughs> I was going to ask you. That would be pretty funny to watch. Did you hit? Did you hit every club? Yeah. So he fit you for every club in the bag that you bought. Yeah, everything like pretty much. I hit probably seven or eight different irons, and so right. it's quite. A, like I said, it's quite. You feel like a king. I would recommend it to anyone. Like even if you don't want to buy some, you feel pretty awesome. Like hitting everything like into a simulator and just seeing like the differences in the club. It's pretty crazy the technology like nowadays. Is it, a, is it about an hour deal or how longer? Yeah, about an hour. Okay. It's usually how long it is. So, well, it's yeah. crazy to think. I mean, you you golf in high school. You, like you said, you grew up golfing. You know, you're you're a good athlete too. But if you have proper clubs, and especially like if you you know you go get a, a lesson from a pro or something and actually learn how to properly swing, it, it's a, a world of difference if you have proper clubs and you actually swing it correctly. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just crazy to think about. I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. <laughs> I have the. I don't even know. I bought I. I got tailor-mades I bought used from somebody. Who knows how close yeah. they are to fitting me, right? <laughs> fit my swing. But, uh, yeah, I, I might take that in consideration, seriously, if, if I'm going to do it. Well, the, yeah, you do it right. But one of the biggest things that, I mean, we're, we're really getting into this, but one of the biggest things is, is the length of the club. Like, you mm-hmm. just run to right. just you run to Dick's and you just buy a set of iron. I mean, I'm, like, six foot two. I'm not trying to like say anything, but, like, Jared's shorter than me. Yep. So, like, if we if we went and bought the same set of irons, like, that just makes no sense. Like they, it wouldn't fit one of us. You know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want to and choke that, up. And that's another reason that uh, like people like can't really stop talking about. I don't know if you do this, but Bryson DeChambeau, he's like kind of on the the front lines of every single one of his clubs are the same exact length. Oh. And like he's basically saying how it's like it just makes so much more sense when you actually think well, about yeah, it. Like why? Memory, right? Yeah, muscle. Every single one of his clubs are the same. Like and so I think like honestly I think like being like thirty forty years when we look back like people are gonna be like why in the world were we all hitting like different sized clubs like so I think that that's something that might that's something I always I've always wanted to try but I feel like it would take so long to get adjusted to that mm-hmm. that it just wouldn't work. One final question on your golf. So right now. Did you go over there yesterday? Was that when? Yes. You yep. Okay. So you haven't taken them actually out on a course on your mm-hmm. own yet. Nope. They're hopefully they'll be here next Friday. Okay. So we'll see. So we'll, we'll love to get the report. Yep.
I'll, I'll be sure to give you a full review. Excellent. He did say that there was going to be an adjustment period because he said, this is, this is him saying this, he says, your athleticism alone has allowed you to be able to adjust to these clubs and you've <laughs> and you've been aimed way, like adjusting to these the slight draw that you've had, but now you're going to be hitting it dead straight and it's going to take some time to adjust. As an old-time sales guy, it sounds like he had the <laughs> That's what, yeah, <laughs> that's what everyone was, everyone was saying. I got Jordan Belford. And that's what everyone was saying. But we'll see. I don't All know. All right. Sounds like he's a good salesman. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> All right. Let's call it a wrap, fellas. Uh, make sure to let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Sheridan Auction Service. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying thanks for listening and supporting Three Point Podcast. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.